because one guy goes down, the other guy should be chomping at the bit. You know, it's a bummer that their guy goes out, but you you don't relinquish your opportunity, you know, to, to make an impact for your team and um, get the team where you need to be. You know, it's like a well-oiled machine where you can just ro rotate guys in if you need to spell them. This is the A-Team Podcast brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. The A-Team is presented by Drake's Place in Bottle, South Dakota and sponsored by Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans in Sioux Falls. So, uh, we're coming off a big Jacks victory over Dixie State, 55-7. to um, Again, the Jacks did not play great, uh, but they still won 55-7. to If Matt Zimmer is, is giving a positive nod to the, to the fans, then it must be true. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of guys really step up with that next man up attitude, you know, and I, I was I was really encouraged by that. Woofta. Now, here's your hosts of the A-Team Podcast, Matt and Kyle. And welcome back to the Splitting Hairs Podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated and our premier sponsors, Cottonwood Coffee and Drake's Place. Uh, as always... We love Cottonwood Coffee. We hope some of you stopped there before tailgating this weekend. And we love the specials at Drake's Place. Uh, and again, we fully uh, want them to ship us some food. Uh, or we can stop out there, one of the two. Um, we're going to figure it out because we do want to try some of that, uh, that 605 sandwich. Uh, and then we want to drive to Brookings and get some of that dark roast uh, that is oh so good. So, Kyle, Dallas, how are you? I've been better. Uh, Vikes dropped another one, but the Jacks got a dub, so it's kind of like uh, you know a mixed bag of emotions. But got a got a big week coming up. Should be pretty fun. How about you? I'm I'm good. I'm good. I you know what? Honestly, I, I gotta confess, uh, I got a problem. I I was I'm out of beer at my house basically. <laughs> so what I've got in my giant mug here is I've got uh, a couple of sours out of a out of a mixed. 12 pack and i i like all of the beer i'm not a sour guy so if you see me grimace if i if i kind of struggle through today that's why i'm doing my best you mix Gosh. two different beers uh yes i mixed two sours that's because that's what i <laughs> that's what i had left <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna gut this out nice. uh, we're good man well uh and we're also part of the fcs fcs nation fcs fans nation woofta uh podcast network you got this man which which is the home of uh chris hammond he's a <laughs> fcs nation's editor contributor co-owner uh and in his most recent poll uh he put stsu at fifth place uh and had us winning against washington uh he misspelled some teams so what's happening was he hacked I don't know if he was hacked or if I think he was hacked. You know, he might just be a hack. Uh, if you uh, <laughs> listen to our other friends uh, on the FCS uh, podcast, uh, they think he's a giant hack. So he might be hack of the week, Chris Hammond, <laughs> uh, our friend from FCS Fans Nation. So, Chris, we're a little disappointed in you. Uh, and we hope that you move us up from fifth. If you're not ruffling feathers, you're are you relevant? You know, that's probably Chris's <laughs> mindset. Ooh. <laughs> Gotta ask Can't argue right. with that. Just trying to give him a nod. Right? Everybody yeah. could have an opinion. Exactly, Dallas. Yep. Yep. <laughs> oh man. All it right. seems like he's trolling a little bit though. I don't know. I, I, I think so. I, <laughs> I think thought so. only people I thought only people north of Brookings uh, trolled FCS like constantly. Indeed. Yeah, isn't that Matt's job for 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, we're coming off a big Jacks victory over Dixie State, 55-7. to seven. Um, Again, the Jacks did not play great, uh, but they still won 55-7. to seven. So I don't know. This is – I'm ready for the meat of the schedule to get here. I don't know about you fellas. I'm ready for Valley play, um, and we got a big test next week. Yeah. What are your opening thoughts? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely ready to see some – some different grade of competition uh, roll out there on the field, whether we're at their place or they're at the Dana. Um, it'll just be nice to uh, see more comparable level of competition. That's not sliding any of the teams we played so far. Um, obviously I think Colorado state on the road was a nice, nice little test. Uh, we, we handled that pretty well, handled all subsequent tests um, as one would expect a team of our caliber in echelon now. Um, but, you know, we, we talked about it kind of ad nauseum so far. Um, we're kind of a victim to our ability geographically to schedule what we can schedule. Tarleton's uh, attempts to kind of shirk us and, and get out of that, that obligation. Um, we're playing some new um, joinees to the FCS classification. Um, and then, so, you know, it's just kind of a mixed bag uh, of, of adversity that we've had to overcome, which we've overcome quite nicely. Um, having seen the stat that popped up today, this is the largest differential um, in margin of victory the Jacks have had through their first four games uh, ever uh, in, in history. So that's pretty remarkable, regardless of opponent. Um, but, you know, looking back, I think 2009 was the last time we had even uh, close to a 100-point uh, margin of victory or differential through the first four games. And um, I, I was able to play on on that squad with Jimmy Rogers, you know, Coach Rogers, the co-defensive coordinator there, and so I'm sure he's proud to be to be leading a team like that so far. Should add another shutout, but what can yeah, you got to be the way that defense is playing? He's got to be proud. I mean, that's that that's what you need to see when when one phase isn't doing what they need to do <clears throat> to have the defense just step up, handle business. And you know, and give the offense time to start clicking. That that bodes well for future games. I talking about getting into the meat of the schedule. I'm in the same boat. Uh, where I realized that this week was the amount of just stupid time that I spent concerned about black jerseys and white pants. Uh, that you know what? If we're if we're in the meat of Missouri Valley, I'm not worried about that. And I spent way too much time on it this week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wrote about that in Rants and Raves a little bit. Uh, huge. Huge missed opportunity for this blackout game. Uh, this could have been something really cool, really special. I hope we try it again uh, because I, because there was interest. Like, I think there is interest. There's there's some of the crowd that, you know, SDSU's blue and yellow. I'm never wearing black to a game. That's but for the most yeah, for the most part. <laughs> but for the most part, people were in, into it, it seemed like. Um, it's just unfortunate that it wasn't coordinated a little bit better. The announcement didn't get out a little sooner. You know, when I went through Colorado State's schedule earlier, you know, in, in the summer in August, they had already chosen which games were going to be their orange game, their green game, their their white game, like at home. So you know, I thought that was kind of cool to get that out ahead of time. Yeah, that kind of stuff takes training. I mean, it's going to take a few years. I know, uh, you know, I think maybe, maybe Ben suggested the alternating yellow and blue in sections. Like, that would be fantastic. But, you know, we're probably two years away from that. You just got to get people bought in, start filling up the stands, keep them full. But yeah. it was cool. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy that the school started taking some steps towards those sorts of things. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so getting back to the defense just a little bit, because uh, that was just about as dominating as a as a defensive showing as you can have uh, on the year. The Jacks are uh, allowing just nine point two points per game and two point two yards per carry on the ground. Yeah, they gave up. According to ESPN, they gave up th- uh, three yards on the ground yesterday. Uh, SDSU the the app said negative three. And then the official website stat book said zero. So uh, zero is the average of all that, right? So yep. ESPN is wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Stig so, said life's an average, so it's got to be an average. So. Yeah. <laughs> that is one of my favorite Stig quotes, by the way. That life's an average. He's that was right? tw- twenty years ago. He was saying that, and it, it's true. It yeah. Again, four sacks last night. Uh, defensive line was was pretty uh, dominant throughout. The, the commentators were talking about that, um, and then. You know, what was the big question all week? People were, you know, uh, sad about the, the loss for All-American cornerback. And Stephen R.L. and Dallas Beanham, I think they showed out last night, um, played really well. And Along with Dyshawn and Malik as well, you know, filling in. A lot of the young guys, Dodderman got in there. Um, you know, we, we had a lot of guys really step up with that next man up attitude, you know, and I, I was – I was really encouraged by that. I mean, that's kind of what I, I expect them to do um, and relish that opportunity. We forget, like, because one guy goes down, the other guy should be chomping at the bit. You know, it's a bummer that their guy goes out, but you you don't relinquish your opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make an impact for your team and um, get the team where you need to be so that when Don's healthy, you know, it's like a well-oiled machine where you can just ro- rotate guys in if you need to spell them. Yep. Yeah, it felt that way. Man, they were excited. It just when you see – just see the next guy go in. You can tell they're just waiting on that opportunity, and it, it's the the mentality of the squad uh, just is is in a really good spot right now. I was going to add Dallas Beanham is now one step closer to joining the Dallas club. <laughs> I know we discussed earlier a couple of weeks ago. It's a big question mark for me. I I don't know. Um, there'll be a ceremony. Uh, there there's a it comes with a T-shirt Dallas. So keep playing well, and we'll we'll let you in. Uh... <laughs> So for those of you that don't know, it's uh, Dallas Goddard, Dallas Brown, Dallas Clarkstein, and now Dallas Beanham. So perfect. Do I get uh, grandfathered in since I live in DFW? Do I get to be a Dallas Jack? I don't know. For changing spelling <laughs> to Dallas for Beanham, maybe. Right, we'll work on that. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Um, and then one thing kind of thinking. Yeah, you know, so. Last night. And then seeing Don getting super excited for these young guys getting their picks. And then Landon narrating the hype video. Uh, and then Isaiah, seeing him on the sidelines too, cheering on folks. It's like, God, it's so cool. Like, these guys could be potent, but they're not. Like, they are still an active part of the program. And I, I love that. I love that about our culture. Yeah, yes. definitely. Uh, quick, quick, quick side note, uh, just because, Matt, you did cut out there for a second. I want to just mention to everybody, Matt, you are live from where? I am in East Lansing, Michigan, right outside of Michigan State's campus at the Graduate Hotel. That's awesome. So if uh, if he starts to get all tinny and, like, fades out for a second, you can blame their Wi-Fi. We'll give you an address to write a complaint later. But uh, just <laughs> give everybody a heads up. That's what's going on. Cool. And so quick shout out, we, we got to celebrate some wins on, on the podcast. You know, we're, we're real people. We love talking about the Jacks. So all you guys tuning in, humor us for a second. But Matt had a big win uh, in his career uh, with a big grant. So I want to give him a shout out for going 1-0 Ooh. as well. 
on that. And he's traveling. So on location in Lansing, East Lansing, Lansing, East Lansing, right? East Lansing. And want to make sure uh, we recognize how committed he is. And then Ben too. Ben was, (laughs) Ben had a little uh, technical issue as well on site last week, I think for a wedding or or something of the, the effect. So appreciate you guys bearing with us. Yeah. And then one more win for our team. Uh, our our uh, What's Cooking Wednesday contributor, Tim Goldhammer, coming home with the Beef Bowl cook-off victory after awesome. years years of finishing third place. So uh, proud of Tim. Uh, good job, buddy. Uh, so that, nice dude, that, that bodes well. How many years do we have of being the you know second, third, fourth best team? Tim comes through. That's true. Just That's saying. true. So <laughs> it's a good omen. It's good juju for sure. Yeah. Uh, and also, you know, it, Tim sits in section 118 of the stadium and he's that guy that yells block that kick and uh, onside kick every time. And so he's taking credit for that muffed kickoff um, last it. night. So <laughs> he texted me that right before I started here. So making sure he gets credit for that. Clearly. It's awesome. Yeah. Um, what do you guys got for rants? Any raves? Any? What do you yeah. guys got? Let's let's real quick talk about the thousand pound elephant or thousand pound rabbit in the room. Um, so we looked a little disjointed on offense, right? I think that 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 would be just a general rant. Um, and I, I don't know if it's a focus thing. I don't know if it's uh, a timing thing. I don't know if the scheme shouldn't have uh, overwhelmed us, but I think they were doing some things where, you know, it's like kind of guerrilla warfare-esque, right? That 4-2-5 defense that the Trailblazers were running. They were slanting a lot, which means their defensive line was all moving in unison, shooting uh, in one direction, either left or right, into the gaps to try to be disruptive with the run game because we knew, they probably assumed we were going to try to establish that run game. <clears throat> I think some folks thought that we were running a delayed handoff or maybe some RPO stuff, but on the rewatch, it, it really just looked like Pierre was waiting to press the hole and it was kind of throwing some timing off. I think we were looking for the big play and really going for the jugular a little bit early through the air in the passing game. And then of course, some penalties, some penalties were hurting us and we were shooting ourselves in the foot to where we could not develop a a real rhythm or fluidity to kind of allow Chris to settle into the game. Um, So that's kind of been two games in a row now that that's happened. Um, not necessarily on the O-line, but two games in a row where we've not been able to find our stride and string together, you know, a, a solid, fluid uh, drive in which we're establishing dominance in, in our will. Um, I think that what I liked seeing later on in the game as far as the offense is concerned <clears throat> is taking what was there. A lot of times the crossing routes were coming open. Uh, Chris was either reading the wrong uh, – not the wrong side of the field, or reading the side of the field away – uh, from the blitz, which usually that's where the coverage is going to be, right? You want to throw into the void, throw into the blitz because that's the area that the defense is vacating, right? So I think sometimes we're getting locked in on, on receivers, started using our tight ends late, which is a big, big rave, right? Our tight ends were, were excellent in the game. We'll talk about, I'm sure Mike Morgan at some point specifically, but um, outside of that, you know, when, you, when we see a 4-2-5 defense, I like what Coach X started doing, getting on the edge, working the alley, right? Because you force that rover player, that additional either nickelback linebacker, just kind of that rover back to have to either commit to the run 
in the lane. And then you can kind of move the pocket too with the passing game, which Chris has shown exceptional ability to throw on the run. So I hope we do that more uh, and involve that more uh, as the time goes on here. So that's can, can just I what I you, saw. So Sorry, you, you did the rewatch. I have not. I had zero time to look at much of anything today. Can you go back if you have anything else to talk through on the run game? Because we had a discussion about it in our text thread during the game. Uh, whether it was intentional, you know, delay draw type type action, or it just it was slow. Like I, yeah. it was way too slow. So I don't, do you have anything else to add on that? Because I'm I'm curious what you saw. Yeah, um, I'll say try to be kind of general here. Um, our offensive line, uh, I would say, and it was kind of tough to tell based on the angle of the camera. I would I would make sure that we're we're keying on our fundamentals and, and making sure when we're in our stance, we're not giving away what we're doing based on our stance. Uh, make sure pass looks like pass, run looks like run, because sometimes on pulling situations, I could tell who was pulling. And, uh, you know, we need to clean some of that stuff up. Um, and Because and, I think they were shooting gaps, there was penetration. They were doing certain things like stemming. So stemming, for those who don't know, they were lining up in one position and kind of like stemming and moving at a certain point. You know, uh, Illinois or Southern Illinois was doing that a lot. And Western Illinois is doing that a lot in this game that they played this past weekend. And that can be effective prior to identifying who you're going to block. Um, but with, with zone blocking schemes, like we have just block the zone, block the space. So hopefully we can clean some of that stuff up. Um, and with the run game, you know, you got to just make your cut and get up field, press the gap, right? You can't run into a blitz. There was some of that. We were running directly into a blitz. They were bringing off the edge. Some of that stuff, you know, you're going to have to live to fight another day. Yeah. yeah. One thing that stood out to me, uh, both watching the game and then going back and looking at the stats afterwards, uh, was the number of penalties. Again, 10 penalties for 110 yards. Uh, that's got to get cleaned up. Um, and that wasn't just at the end of the game in the backups. There was a lot of costly penalties early in the game uh, on the offense. So well, the number yeah. of times during the game that I said Stig is pissed. <laughs> to my family like it's i mean that's what uh difference maker on on tuesday and the uh the stig show tomorrow night like that's what he's gonna be talking about yeah. yeah three 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 uh penalties within the first couple drives there where we had aaron johnson really not not his fault he's just got to kind of he's got to have that presence of mind and feel where chris escaped the pocket you know he's pass setting trying to give him a good nice uh you know cup right not spill the cup as, as a lot of people say, um, and he escaped outside and he still had him engaged and you saw that pull the cloth. So there's a, there's a one hold. Uh, the other one was uh, Garrett Greenfield got drawn off as they came into the neutral zone on a, a trying to jump the snap and then backing out. That's kind of petty, but that, that is what it is, you know? And then we had some silly penalties where later on in the game, we got, you know, 15 yarders for tackling out of bounds or, you know, just just some dumb stuff that we can't get caught caught doing. Yeah. Terry, I agree that blindside block was a crock. That's a new rule, and it's all about player safety. Uh, I don't like it, but as the rule's written, probably the right call. So Yeah, I agree, I, Terry, and I'm glad that uh, – I don't know about you guys. I was like, oh, man, I think I even said in the text thread, I hope they don't get him for targeting there because mm -hmm. then that would have been – that's our backup. That's Amar, and he played yeah. a heck of a game. So then what, <laughs> you know, it's like uh, we're getting into some depth issues there. It mm -hmm. is. It, you know, those, those calls bring me back uh, to sound like an old guy here. Kyle, you, you're probably in the same boat, though. 
you if you were the the victim of one of those blocks, not only would you get tea kettled, lose consciousness for a half a second, and not be able to breathe, you would then get yelled at for not seeing it coming. <laughs> and that, that's all those things I think of is, is that just the insult to injury of getting yelled at for getting hit like that? Absolutely. And it, it is, it is watering down the game a little bit in terms of uh, the tenacity. And like, I think maybe it could be counteracting itself because it could, could cause more injury. Mm-hmm. People playing hesitant, tentative, tentative and things like that. But I just want to see a little bit more consistency and not leave anything up to the ref's judgment. I, you know, that's an ideal uh, ask. I realize that, but in looking at the WIU game, when we travel down there, we really, I, I hope, or if we ever get that crew that was in that game, man, there was a lot of penalties. So, um, but you know, it works both ways too. Cause Jackson Yankee got taken out uh, across the middle on a way early hit, um, which was definitely a penalty that did not get called as well. That could have established more rhythm in the drive. So, um, you know, it's, I agree, Terry, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So some good things though, a couple of good things besides the defense, got to talk about the special teams effort as a whole. Uh, Hunter Dustman was terrific. Uh, Stig, Stig did express some disappointment with his performance at Indiana state. I believe he had like a 37 yard average or something like that against Indiana state 49 and a half yard average last night. Um, and in his, uh, coverage guys, really did a good job on that first punt, right? Knocking it back in, downing it with inside the five, right, I believe? Absolutely. Um, yeah, Cole Fromm, he's just been on fire this season. He had the block kicked last week, but, uh, man, he's looked good. He's looked so yeah. confident out there did, kicking. Did he have Kick-offs new shoes? Too. Did he have yeah. new shoes? My wife brought up his shoes watching, and I, I had not noticed him yet this year. <laughs> she you know, probably she probably caught it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they were very, very fancy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, he might have gone out afterwards. Done some dancing. Uh, funny. No, dude, he looked good. He looked real good. Yeah. And then Tyler Feldkamp. I mean, he just looks so comfortable. Um, so comfortable back there as a punt returner. We talked about this last week. Uh, but he was definitely in that punter's head. Uh, I think it was Riggs, the color commentator, talked about that. Like, ooh, Tyler Feldkamp is in this punter's head. He's making him second guess himself, making him shank it. Like, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like having him back there a lot. He he has a confidence about him when he when he catches it right and like he has yes. a good field presence and field awareness and part of the good thing about playing an underclassman in my opinion who has prep experience with it there's not really uh, I mean he has one job essentially at this at this juncture in his career right so put your complete focus in that one thing I would like to see we had a couple penalties on the returns that's got to clean up if you have a block in the back on punt. Uh, first thing I, I just want to mention, do not throw up your hands like it wasn't me. You draw attention to yourself, right? It's just like when you're trying to tell your mom uh, a little white lie growing up, you add way too many words. It's like you're telling on yourself. You are telling on yourself if you throw your hands up, man. Just let it happen. Just just act like you did everything you were supposed to do uh, and move on. And then uh, another thing with Feldcamp, if, if he listens to it or anybody young, who wants to play and be a returner one day, God bless you. Uh, Cause I think that's terrifying, <laughs> but nope. what you got to do is if, if you're hesitant on catching a ball or it's not you and you want to throw a fair catch, throw, throw, throw your signal up and then run and crack the guy in front of you who has an opportunity to down it. There was a couple times where he was hesitant with his decision on that, where it could have been a, more costly in the future. Um, but when we, when we overmatch an opponent like that, we can kind of get away with it. So things to clean up, Again, a lot of really good silver linings moving into good conference play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Terry mentioned uh, Winkleman being in on everything too. Uh, absolutely, he had a he. So we'll get to game balls in a second. I'll, I'll tell you now, he was my runner up for game ball uh, oh. because he had a sack and two tackles for loss and a pass defended. Like as a defensive lineman, a defensive end, that is a pretty nice stat sheet. So take that. As a defensive end, I'm disappointed you you did not give it to him. <laughs> we'll get into it. I'll explain my okay. reasoning. I'll All explain right. my reasoning. <laughs> Any anything else from this game, fellas? I'm happy non-conference is what, done. I really wanted to get a better feel for what the crowd was like. And I asked I, I texted a couple friends that were there. I I didn't get a chance to make it. I'm in, in stupid work mode right now. Um, it seemed good, but I couldn't really tell. So none of us were there. Yeah. So it looked pictures, awesome. Uh, we are posers. Yeah. Yeah, it looked awesome. Were great. <laughs> yeah. The black, the, I, when they were showing the the preview with uh, Mr. Riggs and, and Tom on the, the Midco, Midco telecast, uh, when they were showing the away side, it looked pretty well covered and it definitely looked like folks were attempting the blackout um mode so that was really exciting to see because again you know like coach stig would say because we're kind of all walking mouthpieces of his philosophy at this point who played for him it's like you know that that's all for the fans essentially at the end of the day right like Mm -hmm. i was bothered by not having the by not having black threads and, and being in full uniform for a blackout right because all black is what the blackout part is but the fans seemed like they did their job. They showed up and, and they looked like the st- I mean, student section looked covered again. So good. you got to give credit good. where it's due, especially, you know, if, if Zimmer, if Matt Zimmer is, is giving a positive nod to this, to the fans, then it must be true. <laughs> because, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, you know, admittedly, no, that, that, on the that's pod, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, a friend of the pod, uh, Joshua Hoffman, he's a student at SDSU. He interacts with us quite a bit on Twitter and Facebook. Um, and so he has let me know that the student section is doing like a camo themed camo theme next, next week for SIU. And I asked Sweet. him my follow-up question. I was like, wait, are like, are, are there camo jerseys again? Cause those were sweet. Those and were he, sick. Yeah. He said, not that he knows of, but it's just going to be uh, a student, uh, the, is, a camo theme. So is this, is this like a grassroots thing? Are they, I mean, are they just doing it? I think so. Honestly, oh, I think so. Those oh my God, so, it's happening. It's happening. So yes. he, he, he had, uh, he must be in some park and rec class or sports and rec class because uh, a week ago, or yeah, the 21st, he messaged me and just said, uh, can you help retweet and share some promotional materials my class is doing uh, there for the next two games, Dixie State and Southern? So love it. Yeah. So I, I don't think it, there's, I don't. There's not camel uniforms that I know of. If they are, I'm going to be shocked as heck, and that'll be sweet. I still uh, but think they're, just they're encouraging due. people. Yeah. So I still think they're due. I, I, my understanding was the way the budget is set up is they get a new set every two years, and they this year they should be due for something. But I again, I don't. Kind of looks like they redid the the style, right? Like last, I want to say uh, we'll call it just Dallas Goddard era. They had the blue with the stripes on the pants. And then now they're just all solid with the SD on the patch on the pants. So I could be assuming, and again, that's probably not in my wheelhouse, but I would imagine if we're, if we don't have all black pants, we probably don't have camo jerseys yet. Um, it could be something coming in the pipeline. I like when they do those auctions though, cause it seems like they pay for themselves at that. Mm-hmm. So guys, that's what every major FBS university does. Maybe anybody listening who's on the admin side could, could get that ball rolling. 
um, so we can kind of outfit the boys in some cool swag to match their level of play. Yeah, so what I would say I just bought three MSU uh, Minnesota State hockey jerseys because they were doing that. I mean, nice. yeah, yes. That's exactly how that works. I bought so, the camo one at auction. So yeah, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah. Say so real, real quick. Uh, we got Garrett Meyer uh, chimed in on Facebook. Said capacity looked like eighty percent from the inside. So okay, that that that's good. I again, I saw the you know fourteen five or whatever decent <clears throat> number. You just couldn't really get a feel for it, or, or I couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, and if if anybody uh, right now, we don't get too many people watching live. But if you are, we got questions. If you want to hear about anything, please go ahead and put in a comment. We'll get it up. So what what is your favorite uniform combo, or what would be your dream uniform combo if if we could choose? Uh, I would go with something uh, unseen so far. I would go. I would call it uh, the wild hair concept, where they'd be gray, like all gray, kind of a la Boise State, with a chrome lid, maybe like a blue chrome lid with either the rabbit on the side or just the SD on the side, keep it, you know, keep it traditional, something like that, just to kind of progress fully into the, yep. this era. Um, and, or, or just, you know, I love the all whites, all whites are clean, maybe throw a white helmet out there. That would all always be, be cool. But I was doing some research. I think it's like to completely outfit. So we're talking helmets, jerseys, pants, shoes, socks, gloves. It's like a hundred, it's like six figures to try to really, outfit a squad so we'll, we'll see but uh how, how about you matt what do you what do you think i i really love the all whites look um so i would go with the all whites with like a i don't know this is gonna be kind of wild but like a black number all whites with a black number with a matte black helmet with a yellow rabbit on it so that's what i would do it'd be weird but uh wow. why not it's taking me a little bit to imagine that <laughs> I think I like it. I like honestly the matte black with the yellow rabbit. That that's a cool idea in itself. I my my only comments. Stig has always loved yellow pants for special occasions. I hate yellow, uh, so I do not. I, I when we had the yellow like the yellow jerseys and stuff there for a spell, I could not stand that. I hate that. Uh, mine is very close to Kyle's with I want like the white on white or all blue. Uh, with either a chrome helmet or white helmet, chrome face mask. Uh, I like. I really like Memphis the way that, yeah, that exactly. some of their looks. Like we, like a couple of those would would be super cool. But uh, like I'm honestly, a matte white helmet would go with anything. Just to add that in. Mm. Yeah, let's dream big, fellas. There we go. Yep. I like it. Yeah. All right. Should we do some game balls? Let's do it. Definitely. All right. Um, so offensively. Um, I went with Mike Morgan. Um, I he, he just does so many cool things, and I'm just happy he was able to get a touchdown or two touchdowns. And in the post game, um, you could kind of tell in his post game interview those meant a lot to him. Um, so, and he looked he looked really good in the open field there um, as an athlete. So, and it was his uh, birthday. So, yeah. to cap off your birthday with two touchdowns, two catches. I mean, you're batting a thousand there, and uh, you know when you're a fullback, you, you make the most of any time the ball even comes near you. As we saw last year at UNI, we've talked about his, his one thing, his two fingertip snag in that game. That was a huge catch in the moment. So I forgot about that. Yeah. And he, he just upped the ante in this one. Um, nifty footwork, Matt. I'm glad you brought that up. He, he showed footwork of a running back and coach Stig mentioned it when we were doing our interview, 
that that he's an excellent football player. And I I ran into Mike's dad in Colorado and we were kind of talking and he gave me some background on Mike uh, just randomly when I was hiking out there. And to hear Coach Stig then follow that up and with like sincere, like Mike Morgan is a terrific football player. I was like, wow, to get Stig to, to give a nod like that, that's incredible. So it's good to see him finally uh, get to capitalize on that ability that he has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any any other on offensive players for you, or are we good to go there? I personally am good on offense. I want to okay. highlight. Uh, what about you, Dallas? You got any anybody? No, I do not. That that's. I mean, clearly, who stood out? Super happy for him. Uh, love to see an H back getting some love and w- whatever position you want to call him. You know, like you mentioned Zimmer earlier. He pointed out how ridiculously deep our tight end room is. Uh, and I, I think that speaks volumes. Yeah. Yep. And I do, I do want to highlight Heidi actually. Uh, mm-hmm. Keaton Heidi has continued, you know, he's unfortunately when you're a quarterback and you're not the main guy, you're either everyone's favorite when the guy's not balling out under center or, you know, you're just kind of, you can fall into the land of the forgotten and Keaton's not really let that affected affect him. And he's played with progressively more confidence, which is great. Cause I think we all kind of, he kind of took Jackrabbit Nation a little bit by surprise coming into such a big moment in college game day. I know we've touched on it, but for him to only have been a redshirt freshman there and to go through the COVID year and to not really get the quality of reps continual, continually uh, moving along as, as the past two seasons have gone by, uh, you know, it's a testament to his fortitude. And he really should, you know, like Tammy said, he really should feel good about himself that he took a couple steps. I like him lowering the boom. Uh, you know, I'm glad yeah. the the linebacker that he trucked for the first down, uh, <laughs> you know, came back into the game. But, you know, maybe Keaton, let's go ahead and dive next time away from the contact because <laughs> yeah, you we, we need that. no, we need all the quarterback <laughs> play we can get. You know, maybe if we were four deep with you know with all starting experience, that's another story. But um, but yeah, glad everybody's Talking healthy. About- <laughs> talking about the the practice reps that's something that gets brought up some but i don't know that everybody really understands what mm-hmm. that means i mean imagine in, in your job if you won you only get to work 20 hours a week and then in those 20 hours one person gets you know 17 of those 20 hours and you get three hours or whatever it is right like mm-hmm. that that's backup quarterback and that's what you and get you're- not the same Fantastic point, Dallas. And but yet you're evaluated on those three hours as if you got a full 20. Exactly. Right? And that is the backup quarterback in, in today's era. Yeah. And it will always be that. Yep, mm-hmm. it matters because your number two is not running your scout team either, because mm-hmm. he's too valuable to run your scout team. So he's not getting the reps uh with you know with the threes and fours, but he's standing there watching and everything is mental, and that it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And I did, I did write about that in general in the rants and raves today, uh, just as a rave, that the, the reps our young guys have gotten these first four weeks and our backups have gotten, man, that's so valuable. Just in case there are further injuries down the road and in a year or two when they become the starters, like it's not going to be such an adjustment. They'll already have had these live reps coming their way uh, and maybe make, you know, all these practices where, where they're the, the dummies are, are not seeing the field uh, a little more bearable, I'm guessing. So for those moments like that. Indeed. And uh, just to, to highlight a, a few more people, and then maybe we can put a cap on 
on this whole uh, Dixie State game as a whole. But um, the the Kusler twin is it Kusler twins? I, I don't know how to pronounce some of these German names. So Kusler twins, excellent job. You know, getting some getting some play. Really just adding more and more depth at the linebacker uh, position. Uh, Barnett did a did some nice things when he was in there. Uh, the physicality, top to bottom, from our defensive backs was was great. McCoy got a pick. Uh, Arell got a pick. Arell made like back to back fantastic plays, which was nice to see. Obviously, we talked about Beanham. Malik got a pick. Um, would love to see. I think a couple times. Um, uh, Weapon X. I think Chad calls him. <laughs> uh, Backus had an opportunity for a pick <laughs> six when he was scraping to the flats. Um, you know, it was pretty, uh, it's pretty funny there, you know, surprisingly the Barracuda was a little quiet, maybe probably cause he didn't get to play, uh, you know, a full, full scope of four quarters, but you know, defense looked excellent. Want to give uh, give a nod to Corbin Mahaffey for knocking down a PAT. That's excellent to see uh, a backup, backup kicker there. Um, and then let's see anybody else. Yeah. I would love to, see, you know, highlight Amar. Amar did great in terms of uh, getting the minutes that he got. Uh, I love his running style. I think he's going to be a really nice addition to the backfield uh, for a long time in his career here. Um, receivers look pretty good. I uh, want to highlight, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the, other, the third third head of the Madison crew, Leighton. Mason Leighton. Leighton. Leighton did an excellent job. Um, you know, just, just being a good safety valve for, for Keaton when he was rolling out of the pocket. Uh, the backup offensive linemen, those guys, I think, did a really good job as well. Um, you know, both the Miller boys did a pretty good job, um, you know, those, during those are time. the things that I felt best about coming out of that game, Kyle, is, is just knowing that if somebody, you know, somebody gets dinged up, needs a series off, like basically everyone you just listed off uh, really can step in and, and get it done. Uh, it was really, mm-hmm. really good. Good to see that. Yep. And, and also, sorry, I, I had to put up here, uh, fellow JCC grad Aaron said she's waiting for the Rudy chant to come from the student section. Rudy Voss <laughs> got in, maybe happy to see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, I thought he was going to get another uh, his first collegiate touchdown. So, and then, so we should oh, give it now to Burr, Burr High for that as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my so my defensive game ball is going to go to Dallas Beatham, and I think anytime nice. you get a pick six. Uh, that puts you in the running for that. And he did just barely beat out, barely beat out Winkleman for that. We talked about Winkleman already, but uh, d- game ball went to Dallas on that. I just, I love his future. He's going to be so good. Ugh. And you're, you are usually right when you make those calls early on. So I'm, I'm going to go with it. I'm on the bandwagon already. Yeah. And you were predicting it, uh, you know, pre-game uh, during the week. So that's always nice to see. Because like we say in the in the group chat, man, it's almost like we pay attention to this stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so so we talked about Dallas in the preseason a little bit. But, I mean, down there in Omaha, he was going up against Xavier Betts, Xavier Watts, uh, Cade's younger brother. I mean, he's seen some pretty dang good wide receivers. I mean, between those three, one's at Notre Dame, one's at Nebraska, and one's at Iowa. And he was lining up across from them. So – he knows he's been he's tested. Doing. Yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Coo- All right. Uh, Coo- Coogs is always on the Barracuda bandwagon. Yes, he is. <laughs> we'll make plays when needed. He's the Try one that it. gave him the name. He named him. Yeah, he did. It. He did. And yeah, Tyler Co- Merriam uses it now. So, <laughs> <Good enough. That's laughs> I love awesome. that. God, yeah. Travis Linda Kugel, uh, Coog, I played with him. Uh, somebody I looked up to from the second I got to camp. He was one of those 
you know, when you're a skinny little freshman, you're showing up and there's just giant grown ass men. You're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm never going to be able to compete with that. Like he was that to me. Yeah. I met him. We met down in, uh, down in Frisco. So nice. Good in, in line for the concession stand, we were both trying to get beer and getting rained on. So, yeah. All right. Let's move on to SIU, huh? Eh? Sounds good. All right. So SIU is coming in at us at uh, four and one. Their only loss on the season was to Kansas state. Um, and they, they took Kansas state to the wire uh, in that game. They looked really good. Um, Stone Labanowitz, who was kind of their playoff superhero, is gone. And he still has the best name in football. Yeah, right. Well, well, he's not in football anymore, but whatever, wherever he is, that he's the best name in the transfer portal. Uh, <laughs> maybe. Um, <laughs> but uh, in there now is Nick Baker, who Nick Baker is kind of famous for engineering the the slaughter of NDSU last year. Um, when SIU took them down and really kind of announced they were on the national stage uh, and that butt whooping that they put on the bison uh, down in uh, Carbondale. So I don't know. Um, this team can really run the ball still. Uh, Passing-wise, you know, Baker is is pretty good. Um, he has 11 TDs on the season, and they still have their really good receivers that we know all about, Landon and Lower, Landon Lenore, and Avante Cox. Um, Avante Cox may be the best receiver talent-wise in the in the conference. Lenore has 12 more receptions than him this year. So it, this is a good team. This is a good offense that we're going to have to contend, contend with. Kyle, you spent some time watching the SIU and WIU game. Um, what did you see? Yeah, and just following SIU as a whole, you know, I really like what Nick Hill is doing there. He's He's progressively upped the level of play and expectation in that program that does have a strong history um, and best year uh, in blue and yellow that my, my team was able to put together. Uh, we lost to SIU uh, for the, for the conference title. And then they went on to the playoffs. We went on to the playoffs as well, but uh, it was our one loss in 2009. So um, I've, I've had a lot of respect for this program ever since, um, you know, Nick Baker is one of those guys who plays a lot of savvy and a lot of moxie to use those cliche words, because it's true. He's decisive with the football. Um, he knows how to make plays. Uh, he just seems like he has a knack for it. You know, he's he's not the he's not going to wow you with any prototypical size, um, but he gets the ball out quick. He plays well within the offense. Um, you know, he's got a lot of weapons too, and, and one guy we should certainly highlight as, as well, who I saw uh, show up quite a bit in the WIU game just as uh, a person who kept moving the chains and, and being a nice little outlet uh, and a feature at times is Donovan Spencer. He's the running back number 20, who's the transfer from Western Carolina. So he just adds another um, uh, weapon to the arsenal for them. Um, you know, Avante Cox is, like you said, he's a, he's a weapon uh, to be utilized and to be leaned on. They have Romir Elliott too, uh, number one coming out of the backfield. He's a name we've heard uh, coming out of Warren Central, which is a powerhouse in Indianapolis, uh, and you know, there's another Cox on the roster, Deontay Cox, not to be confused with Avante Cox, uh, who is another, another weapon. Um, you know, they have weapons all over the place. Really. It's just a matter of, are they going to play within their scheme this game? You know, they, they did play sloppy in this, in this past game. Uh, they, they really, they got up early. We're up 21 to nothing on Western Illinois, but you know, it was a real chippy game. 
Uh, it seemed like a, a lot was on the line for WIU in terms of pride. This is an in-state, I guess you would call it rival, but definitely in-state implications as far as recruiting and, and things like that. So, you know, this is going to be a team that that's that's well coached, that's ready to play. They got a lot of transfers on their team from from the F- FBS ranks. So, really recruiting reload as far as Coach Hill has has done there. You know, and then looking at the defensive side of the ball, we got Quay Brown, who's who's a solid, solid player. He's uh, you know from Florida, so he's uh, no stranger to speed. Um, it can really make an impact on the defensive side of the ball with taking the ball away. And then another guy I wanted to highlight real quick who's who's uh, absolutely had, you know, played like his hair's on fire the past eight games, um, and that is Jordan Burner, number 92. Um, he, he broke through the line against Kansas State and just punched the ball out uh, of a big 12 running back's arms, and that that uh, running back is is quite the player for Kansas State. So – uh, Jordan's continued to up his game. We're going to have our hands full, especially after we played this past game. Uh, this is a team that um, we we took it to out in Carbondale last year. For everyone who who's a you know, follower of the Jacks, you'll you'll remember that drubbing. But this is a team that came back uh, on national television and really took it to the Jacks. Um, and if not for hurting themselves in a couple uh, different areas, maybe with some play calling and decision making, they would have been uh, the ones playing. Uh, Delaware in the semis. Yeah. So I mean, mm-hmm. we we talked about that at the start of the season that this has been circled on on a hundred and twenty calendars in that program since you know April or whenever that was uh, this past mm-hmm. year. So no, they I mean they've been waiting for this. They are ready. This is a very very <clears throat> good team that's ready to come in and and show us who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, a couple of players we we haven't named yet. Uh, we got to talk about Javon Williams. Um, you know he. He is their big back, uh, 6'3", 2", whatever he is, uh, that can catch out of the backfield. He, he does run some wildcat. He's only He only has two pass attempts this year, so it wouldn't shock me to see them maybe pull that rabbit out of the hat um, and let him run some wildcat and throw uh, this week just because they really haven't shown it much on film. And then one player that um, in that playoff game, remember? do you remember they had all sorts of injuries along the defensive line? Um, for that playoff game and just had like true freshmen were ch- trotting out there in that game. I specifically remember number 88 uh, Giannini Belizaire, um, big 88. He's a true freshman or was a true freshman six foot three Oh eight. And he was just wreaking havoc um, in that playoff game uh, and really kind of affected our run game negatively in that game, just for, from his interior penetration. So, you know, with Anthony Knighton and, um, with burner and this cat, I mean, they have some nice players on the interior there. So uh, that's something I'm looking at is just the line of scrimmage um, and how that goes, because that's where that was the big difference in my opinion in the playoff game versus the regular season. Um, you know, they, they really held their own in the playoff game uh, on the line of scrimmage in my opinion. So, yeah. And it'll be really interesting to see our plan of attack, right? Because, I think a big feature and a big component when we played them both times was Isaiah Davis and his style, one cut, you know, press the hole, get three yards in a cloud of dust and just continue to do that until one breaks for a big one. And then obviously the featured run game with Mark. I mean, these are the, essentially the two same teams, but the complexion changes dramatically without Mark and without Isaiah. So when you're, when you're attacking an odd front, like they've got, 
where, you know, odd front three down linemen, four linebackers or, you know, three linebackers in a D in an extra DB. What's up, Dom? Uh, it's, it's one of those things where are we going to attack the alley and force the Rover and, and some of the, the skinny guys, as Stig would call them, to come up and, and make their run fits? Are we going to move the pocket and, and play, uh, play the field in thirds outside the hashes, live outside the hashes? What are we going to do? Uh, to really establish our offensive identity in this game. That's what I'm going to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's all fair. Do you think there's anything – I've been wondering this whole time, right? Like, I'm a giant Eck fan, and I I always have the feeling that he's thinking four games ahead. And right now, like, he spent the last four games imagining what he wasn't going to show and what he was prepping – SIU to look at on film, right? And and even now he's going to show some stuff, and he's already imagining what he's going to show. Um, I, I forget the name of the team up to the north, you know, in, in in four or five weeks. So, I mean, do you think that like what if you if you had to guess, either one of you guys, what maybe we could roll out this week that we haven't seen yet? What would it be? I think it'll be simple. I, I don't. I don't think we'll try to reinvent the wheel. But I think in terms of what you're talking about, there's going to be a lot of dressing, a lot of window dressing. I was watching in the rewatch. There were so many fakes carried out of so many different things that if they're not preparing for it, just like you said, Coach Heck is gonna he's gonna go to the well. He's gonna he's gonna look to see what he can't exploit uh, on the defensive side of the ball with you know whether it's an orbit orbit motion where you got the receiver coming behind the running back or, you know, Chris carrying out a certain type of fake or, you know, Chris lining up at gun uh, and then moving to pistol and then moving to under center and, or, you know, Pierre lining up at quarterback after Chris motions to the side to get set. It's like, there's so many aspects uh, for, for a defense to have to prepare for. And when you're looking through your call sheet, you know, what, what, what what is uh, Quay Brown studying? Is he studying the the forty fifth page in the in the defensive breakdown of offense? Does he see that one play in that that formation? Does he remember that? I mean, these are things that you load up college students like that, and you make you just make them have to deal with it. One thing that I'm thinking of, um, because I don't think at this point in the season we want to run Chris a ton yet, even though I think he's more than capable. I don't know what NDSU is doing up there running Quincy the way they are. That blows my mind. Um, but anyways, it's sorry. QBU. They've got like seven more probably. Yeah, yeah, sorry. They're, they're fine. They're fine. <laughs> it just, I, I watched the part of that game and like trying to run the wheels off him. I, uh, sorry. We're not going there. Um, what I think we're going to see is some pony package um, with, with Amar in the backfield with Pierre. We did see that early in the season with Isaiah, but they have not run that yet with Amar since Amar got in the lineup because we haven't had to, um, but both are very capable receivers out of the backfield. So I think we might see some pony package if uh, something gets a little bit different there. I just, I just want to see us execute what we have, you know, like I would love to see the pony package shoot. I'd love to see, you know, Pierre take 10 snaps a game at quarterback, just, just going to be exciting. Um, uh, as long as we get the win, but you know, for me, I want to see Chris just be able to develop a rhythm, right? Like be able to hit his tight ends, hit his hit his back out of the backfield, be able to work through his progression, not get too caught up staring at one side. Um, uh, our defense is at home; the, our defense is solid at home and and pretty good when they travel. Uh, but this is going to be a heavyweight bout, right? So 
uh, Dallas, I guess to answer your question, I would say I feel like Coach Eck uh, is so established at this point in terms of play calling, it's going to be like a jab, right? He's going to jab him, jab him, jab him, set him up for the hook, you know, something like that. So uh, hopefully it's a it's a steady run game because we're able to get four to five yards of pop. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, so before we get into predictions here and uh, kind of our our picks for breakout players, uh, we gotta we gotta talk quick about the bookstore, uh, Jackrabbit Central, our our sponsor. Um, really appreciate them all the work that they do um, to get Jackrabbit fans the apparel they want and need before the games. Um, again, excellent customer service. Kyle, you've ordered a bunch of stuff. Uh, ben in their episode this week had his musical bottle opener. That was pretty cool. Uh, I wish I had bought one of those one penny things now. Um, and every day I talked about it last week, but every day my daughter, uh, loves wearing, wearing her super soft, uh, SDSU coat. So, uh, bringing my son on Saturday to the game, I'm going to let him pick something from the bookstore while we're there too. So. Nice. Yeah. I got. A, I just got a brand new Raglan uh, Under Armour Rabbit tee, so I'm hyped for that. It's still like 89, 90 degrees here in Texas, so I'm just waiting to be able to break that out. It is beautiful fall up here, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all right. Jealous. So predictions here. Um, I'm, I'm honestly, I haven't even written the blog yet, the opponent preview, um, but I'm thinking this is going to be a tight one. I'm thinking SDSU 34-31, something like that, right in that range. I'm going to go 28-27, good guys. I think it's going to be uh, – it's going to come down to who can make fewer mistakes and who can play the cleanest football as far as the penalty game. Yeah, this is going to be meat grinder, and I don't think it's – well, I mean, they can put up some points. Sorry, Matt, what did you what did you give? 34-31. Uh, 34, 31, 28, 27. I will go in the middle. Let's go 30, 31, 28. Okay. Yep, let's go. Which which one of you was spot on last week for Dixie State? One of you guessed 55, 7. I think it was me. Yeah, I think it was Dallas. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. All right. Kick is going to win this game. Oh, all right. So is that your breakout player? Is that your breakout player? Yep. Go from. Yep. You and said I, a Kyle, kick. I, got, I did. I do. I saw oh. your tweet earlier that you never leave it in the hands of a kicker. Oh. And I, dude, I'm, <laughs> but, I'm in the same boat. I don't watch. Even if I'm I, in the stands, yeah. anyone that's ever watched a football game with me knows if we're kicking uh, a field goal, I turn around and I look out of the stadium. And it's not a disrespect thing. I just emotionally, I can't handle it. So I, I turn around. Hey, if, if we're going to have a guy have to bring it home for us outside of Vinny. It's great that we got from, cause you know, I think he's capable of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I remember uh, doing that Dallas, uh, the Montana state game, the gold rush game where we ran that fake and everyone's going nuts. And I turn oh. around and yeah. And there's uh, that, uh, that chase I, running towards the end zone. I, same, same <laughs> thing. Yep. I was up in the corner and I whipped around and saw, yeah, that was a good one. God, that was fun. We need to go back out there. I know we don't. You guys are both there. I, was, oh, I do it. I do it at home too. Gotcha. Oh, glory, oh God, that was so much fun. I love that town. I know we don't need those yeah. kinds of games. Uh, That's beautiful the, for non-conference, but man, that was great. Just a couple of years, then we go up there. So nice. All right, Ryan. I like that. Ryan Fran- Francis says, uh, "No way, defense gives up thirty points." 
I like it. Shout shout out too if you're uh, if you're related to to the other Francel who who made a little clutch play. Two fumble recoveries. That's right. Yeah. yeah, he looks nice out there. All right, uh, my breakout player. Um, I think uh, Chris Oladokun gets back on the gets back on the. Schneid? Is that what Schneid, they say? Whatever. Yeah, the right side. I don't know. <laughs> I think I think he has a cleaner game uh, after the last two. Comes out just a little bit sharper. Um, really looks in command. I mean, he showed what he can do against Colorado State, you know, in the brightest of lights. So let's go. I like Jaden Yankee uh, to be, uh, you know, a crisp, clean route runner, a coming free at, at pivotal moments, I think. Uh, so if Chris is going to is gonna win your player of the game, I think it's going to be a function of the aid from one of the Yankee twins, um, this time it being Jaden. And then I'm going to see uh, on defense – who do you like, Matt? Who do you think is going to be a breakout star? Oh man, um, you know he hasn't he hasn't made the huge splashy plays this this uh, this season. But uh, Logan Backus, I'm, I'm taking Logan. He plays with a nice little chip against this team, uh, mm-hmm. which which I like. I like seeing. There's a lot of physicality. Um, you know, he was my player of the game and player to watch this past game. Uh, but Xavier, Xavier Ward, Xavier Ward, I don't know how he prefers the, the pronunciation, but um, I'll just call him the X uh, or X and not, not to be confused with Exhibit uh, or DMX. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, he was just uh, – he was a pest. He was a, a full-grown full man this past game, and I think he'll hopefully have an impact like he did this past week as far as being disruptive in the backfield. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do something I've never done though. Him and the Colonel, Colonel Sanders. I'm gonna give it to both of them. Uh huh. Does and, Does the Colonel know we've given him a nickname? By the way, have we talked about this? He's not on social media, so we'll have to tell like oh, Stacker or something right. to tell him. Yep. So we gotta tell him. So, yeah. I feel like that's very cliche, but you know, it's just too perfect not to use it. It is, yeah. and I I take 100 credit for that. By the way, it's all there you. There we go. We can get Miriam to start using that. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. We need to get uh, – I don't want to get sidetracked here, but I was thinking mid-season, we need to get Tyler on. We need to get uh, Zimmer on just to do kind of a mid-season breakdown. That'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, uh, can, and can, then can, t- can I get mine? Yeah. yeah sorry, Dallas. Yeah. All right. That's fine. I, I didn't I gonna, know. I was going to jump to Terry's there. So. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So I – uh, offense, I've said that I don't like just using the O-line as a group because that's kind of cliched and I don't care for it. Uh, those guys need to get pissed off. The The super senior leader, uh, Wes, needs to, to get them together. He needs to lead that group, and they need to just bulldoze uh, whatever whatever SIU thinks they're going to throw at us. So I'm, I'm going to go break out O-line. McCormick's going to get pissed and, and just go juggernaut on everybody. Uh, that's what I want to see. So I'm going O-line there. And defense, I guess, because the stats that Winkleman put up wasn't good enough for you, Matt. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, going, I'm going with Winkleman, Otto Marshall, uh, as the defensive player. Yeah. Hey, that's I was going to highlight Terry's point. I just realized I'm even wearing my moose hat. Uh, and that's uh, Kurt's nickname for Reese is the moose, you know, Winkle, you know, uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle. So nice. uh, the moose, yeah. So um yeah uh, you know i could see uh reese having a good game um you know uh, baker's a smaller quarterback um get those hands up deflect some passes potentially so yeah all right tucker craft goes full gronk love it i would love that (laughs) 
All right. Anything else, guys? I just think there's a lot. There's a there's not a ton of data points, right? So I think this is going to be a, a big game for the Jacks in terms of uh, what type of team we're going to be uh, moving forward into the the thicker slate of the schedule. And uh, nationally, it, there's a lot that still needs to shake up. But I think uh, Eastern Washington, for those who who didn't get a chance to see it last night, uh, had a great showing against Montana, taking them uh, down to the wire and closing the deal. Uh, to get a victory, a, a very, very big victory uh, against the Grizz. Now, How great was that for the FCS, Kyle? Excellent. Excellent. It is just fun. showcase on a national scale uh, on uh, with the spotlight on ESPN2, a little bit of a later game, but if you're a football fan and, and you're up, you're watching that, I'm sure. Uh, see the red turf. It is hard on the eyes. I love it, though, just because it's, it's different. Um, and then – you know they have some some serious athletes there. Not not just Eric Berrier, but they have uh, Sengenbach, Jack Sengenbach, who's uh, uh, an excellent linebacker. Uh, was laying the boom last night on some folks. Number number eight, I believe, for Eastern Washington. So there are some serious players on the national scale right now, and uh, it's going to be interesting to see where the Jacks really uh, really fall here coming up after a game like this with SIU. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if the Jacks win, maybe they will uh, move up Chris Hammond's rankings a little bit. So. <laughs> yeah, maybe from number six, which is strange considering, you know, Sam Houston, they played uh, their in-state rival, Stephen F. Austin, um, and just barely eked it out and really w- was behind a long time in that game. So for them to, to maintain one, granted they did it with a backup quarterback, but it's not like they're rolling out slouches uh, on their roster either. Sam Houston has uh, – pretty deep roster and and i think the soft houston moniker is like gone right because just because they allow a lot of points they're they're a very physical football team i think as well Mm -hmm. so again there's there's great teams all around i know the the battle of of dakota territory up north that was uh an an interesting one as well like looks like the fighting hawks have a pretty stout defense again you know they're pesky up at the uh up at the alaris center so i mean i'm glad we get to see them in brookings this year Mm-hmm. All right. Um, should be a great game on Saturday. Uh, early kickoff. No more night games. So two o'clock. Uh, be there. Be loud. Um, and let's let's beat SIU. So with that, go big. Go blue. Go, go Jacks. This podcast has been brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Thank you to our presenting sponsor, Drake's Place in Bottle, and to Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans. Subscribe to this podcast in all of the Jackrabbit Illustrated podcasts and like and follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. And go big, go blue, go Jacks! Horns down! Uh, and again, we fully uh, want them to ship us some food. If Matt Zimmer is, is giving a positive nod to the, to the fans, then it must be true. <laughs> Because one guy goes down, the other guy should be chomping at the bit. You know, it's a bummer that their guy goes out, but you you don't relinquish your opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. to, to make an impact for your team. And 